Amen. Final week of Miracles series. We're going to believe that there is no end to our weeks of miracles. Amen. And uh, so grateful that you joined us believing and you're full of faith and you're here full of faith today. We've been talking the last couple of weeks that we believe that the signature of God, the, the signature of the, his ministry and his time here on earth is power. You could say, oh, the sig signature of Picasso, maybe he had like a theme or a thread throughout his uh, artwork and his design. You could say, you know, he's got that. Maybe Stan Lee of Marvel Comics has like this pattern or this signature of his, of his comics. And if you had to say that there was a signature of Jesus' ministry or a signature or a theme or a thread of God, it would be power. Can I get an amen? It would be more than just talk. It would be more than just a strategy or, or, or uh, he was a really nice guy and he loved people really well. No, he was a guy who demonstrated the power of God on earth. And so we believe the church should be the same way. Unfortunately, the church has done a bad job in America of reducing uh, God's power and his signs and wonders and his miracles because we've gotten too educated or too professional or maybe we've been too concerned that we might offend people or make people uncomfortable. And so we've actually built powerless churches instead of powerful churches. God's design for church is for it to be full of power. And I'm so grateful that we got a place like this where we can come when the doctors say, hey, there's no more that we can do. And the medical field says, there's nothing else we can do, do for you. There's nothing else we can give you. But God has created a place called the body of Christ, his church, where you can come and receive. Are you with me? Power. You're here today because you believe in the power of God. You believe in miracles. You believe in the miraculous. And God's word is full of those truths for you. And even for those that you know, you may be watching online, and I encourage you to help me preach this sermon, and I encourage you to share this page. You may have known somebody who needs to hear this word, that God heals, and God transforms, and God can do the miraculous. And I want you to share it on your page, but I want, I want you to know this today, that right where you are, whether it's online, in this room, or even if you're believing for somebody else, God gave us this gift called intercessory prayer, meaning you can pray on behalf of somebody else. So you may say, hey, I'm in good shape today, and maybe I don't need a miracle. Well, then you start thinking of somebody who does. And as we preach this word, and as you hear this, this word, however you may be hearing it, just start believing and thinking of somebody that God's going to use you to bring a miracle for, to bring a breakthrough for. Yeah. Um, they say this. They say that the miracles went away with the disciples. Uh, when the apostles and those that followed Jesus all died, so did the miracles. And so I have a question for you. Uh, I'm wondering how many of you in this room were alive when the disciples were here? How many of you walk with the disciples? None of you. All right, well, let me ask you this. How many of you in this room would say that you have seen or experienced or know of in your lifetime God doing a miracle for somebody? Look at this room. Look at this room. It's full. Everybody's hands up. So I would venture to say that, guess what? God still does miracles even in this day and in this hour. And I would also venture to say this. You're in a room full of people that are full of faith and believe and are believing on your behalf. And the scripture says where two or three or more are gathered in his name, he's in the middle of it. The scripture also says that God is not a respecter of persons, meaning if he did it for somebody else, he'll do it for you. Can I get an amen? So you've now found yourself on Facebook and in a room of, of a place full of faith with a great expectation to see God move. And he meets us where we're at. Can I get an amen? We've been saying this scripture each week, and uh, I just want to kind of lay it out for you uh, in its proper context. John 14, 12, again, Jesus speaking, and he says this, very truly, I tell you, 
One translation says, very assuredly, I tell you, meaning Jesus is saying like, look, I'm saying this to you with a guarantee. I'm saying this to you with a promise attached to it. I'm saying this to you as like, you have got to know this and understand it and believe this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Jesus is saying, of all the things that I've done, signs, wonders, miraculous, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, lame people walking, dead people rising, all those things I've done, you're going to do even greater things. And how did he say it to us? He said it to us most assuredly. He's saying, trust me in this. What a truth, what a power for us to believe and run with, that, that God's lifestyle for us should be one of the miraculous. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of, say it with me, power. Power is action. Power is something that's on display. Power is something that's evident for us to see. Saying the kingdom of God isn't about talk and dialogue and conversation and classes and theology principle and all, and all those things are good and they matter. But at the end of the day, the kingdom of God boils down to power. Lives transformed, people set free, as we sang in our first song. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Why? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's power to break through. Your old habits, your old way of thinking, your lifestyle of unforgiveness, where the spirit of the Lord shows up, there's freedom to break through in that. There's freedom to break through in the hindrances in your body. When the spirit shows up, there's freedom to break through. Why? Because his kingdom is one of power. We've been saying for weeks that we don't want to be a church that only describes what God is about. We want to be a church that demonstrates what God is about. We don't want to just talk about it and dialogue and dissect it and give opinion about it. No, we want to be a church that can display what it looks like to follow God. Can I get an amen? amen. And the scripture talks about how that their signs and wonders will follow those that believe, which means impossible things made possible. You're a Christian. Many of you are a Christian in this room. And if you're a Christ follower, that means you're somebody who is a faith person. You're somebody who follows a God that when it's impossible, he makes it possible, which means your life should live on the, the edge of the impossible. If everything is safe and everything's calculated and everything makes sense to me, to you and me, and to, if it all makes sense, then we're missing the way that God's truly called us to live. Can I get an amen? amen. I love this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. It's the Passion Translation. It says, this is Paul writing, and he says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. This is Paul saying this, I pray, meaning like you have got to get this. This is my strongest desire. He's saying like with all that's in me, it is my prayer. It is my heart cry that you understand that you have this immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. God's power, immeasurable, is made available to you when we use our faith. Yeah. Do you believe that today? Yeah. You're in this room because I know you believe that today. It says, then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor, the supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Guys, 
that power that we're talking about, that power to do the supernatural, the power to do signs and wonders, that is not something that you have to apply for, that you got to fill out a resume for, that you got to get references for. When Christ walked out of that tomb, that power was already made available to you. It's here for you. It's here for me. You already have the victory in God. You remember that old church song, first service, didn't remember it, but I remember it. Remember that old song that said, in the name of Jesus, in the name. Come on, Stacy's with me. We have the victory. Anybody? Yeah, okay, good, a few. A few. You're more saved than first service, yeah. But that ought to be in the back of your mind at all times, in all things. It's like, is it possible for us to walk in the supernatural? Of course it is. Why? Because in the name of Jesus. I'm not the worship leader. (laughs) But you want me to be, don't you? I'm just kidding. That should be ringing and ringing and ringing. Why? Because he got out of that tomb, didn't he? And the scripture says that because he did that, he's given us this power and the ability to walk in these supernatural things. Why? Because the kingdom is one of power. So we're going to take a look at a few things in scripture here that kind of just show us the way about how to walk in supernatural and healing and God's provision. Uh, There's this model that Jesus sort of demonstrated for us in his ministry. He would go about into towns and villages and places, and he kind of followed this pattern, not every time, but you can definitely see it in his ministry, in the disciples' ministry. And he would do this. He would show up on the scene, and he would teach, preach, and then healing would follow. So he would come in, and he would teach, and it would, it would connect with your mind. It would give you something to think on in the natural. And so you would, you would learn, and you would understand, and then he would preach. There would be hope given, inspiration through more of like a, a preaching style, an encouragement that would come. So teaching, preaching, and then healing would follow. And so I want to follow the same thing. There's no equation for healing. There's no perfect script for how to make things happen. God is not uh, like a slot machine. You can't put in this and do that and pull the lever and hope for. There's no recipe for how this stuff works, but there are patterns and truths that we see in scripture. So I want to do it today. I want to teach you a little bit, and then I want to inspire you a little bit, and then how many are ready to believe for healings to take place? And so at the end of service, we're going to worship a song that talks about God being the God of miracles, and we believe in him, and and, uh, at that time, we'll be praying for healing. But Proverbs 3, 5 says this. It says, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This verse is kind of saying the same thing a different way. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, if you trusted in the Lord with all your heart, you wouldn't lean on your own understanding because you'd be trusting. But it wants to make sure you get it two ways. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Here's what I want you to understand today. The battle for your healing, the battle for your breakthrough, the battle for your miraculous, the battle for whatever you're believing for is not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. There's nothing you have to apply for. There's nothing you have to require. I keep saying that, but what I'm trying to get you to see today is that when Jesus came out of that tomb, when he died on that cross for you, healing already happened for you. Isaiah said that it was by his stripes we are healed. It's already happened. Your job is to do what the scripture says, trust in him with everything that you have. Lean not on how it's going to work out or how you can figure it out or what it's going to do, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What's he going to do? He's going to make your doctor's report turn out straight. He's going to make that thing from your past turn and be straight. Whatever's been crooked, broken, bent in your life, God is saying, I can make this straight if you trust me and lean into me and submit to me in all your ways. Can I get an amen? So the title of my sermon today is The Battle Is Not Yours, It's the Lord's. And I actually hate this style of sermon 
Because people always come up to me and say, well, pastor, you know, I'm just in a waiting season. I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, you know, right now, the Lord's told me not to move, not to go. He's fighting the battle for me. And as the pastor, I'm like, yeah, that's your way of just doing nothing. <laughs> that's your way of just doing nothing. You're saying you're putting all on the Lord. And so I really actually don't typically like this style of a message, but I'm here to tell you today when it comes to this and believing for your breakthrough and your healing, I'm telling you, the Lord has already fought the battle for you. He went, for the, he went to the cross and he shed the perfect blood. And there's things that we do to get in position to believe and to pray and to live out his scripture. But I'm here to tell you, the battle has already been won. Can I get an amen? amen. At the end of service, we're going to show a, a Phil Wickham song. And it's that same title. It's the battle belongs to the Lord. And the lyrics are brilliant because it just talks about how when I see it like this, God, you see it like this, and the battle already belongs to you. You've already fought and won on my behalf. And so we'll show that at the end, and I want you to hear it. But the Lord really woke me up with this. I'm, I'm, I'm not really somebody who, uh, I'm definitely not a morning person. My wife could tell you this. Uh, I need like the first 30 minutes of my day to just be left alone, right? Like I just, I get up, I get right to the shower. If you're going to try to talk to me or deal with me, it's not going to be great, <laughs> Anybody else in here like that? I felt a little bit judged right there when I was saying that. I just needed you to. And so a couple of weeks ago, as I was putting the final thoughts to this sermon, it was so bizarre because uh, I'm, you know, you may think I'm a singer because I've already sung a few times, but I'm not a singer. I don't sing. I don't, I don't. And so in the night, I kept like, as I would toss and turn, as I would like get up and roll over or do whatever, I just, it was so bizarre. I would just, I would be saying this thought, the battle belongs to the Lord. I'd be saying these lyrics of this song. The Lord just put on my heart, put on my heart. And then I woke up like Cinderella, right? Like I woke up, bird on my shoulder, singing and like doing laundry. And I was singing this song. I'm like, what's going on, Lord? And so he really brought me to this, this scripture and this sermon. And so I really want you to hear this thought today that the battle is the Lord's. He's fighting on your behalf. He is doing the work and has already done the work and completed the work. We just got to get in a position to believe and use our faith. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. People say to me all the time, pastor, uh, when you do a heal, you know, if you do a healing service or if you tell somebody that you're going to pray for their healing and they can be healed, you know, don't you feel bad? What if you're getting their hopes up and they don't get healed? What if you get their, you know, you're, you're getting their hopes up. And I say, uh-huh, <laughs> that's the point. Like the point, the scripture says that our faith is attached to our hope. Yeah. We need faith and hope working together so that we can see the evidence of things not seen. And so we speak the word and we declare and we come into agreement every single time. Why? Because hope and faith work together to bring about what we don't see. And so that's why we do. I'm in here to encourage you and get your faith up, get your hope up, get you encouraged. And people say, well, what happens uh, if it doesn't work out? What if you prayed for a thousand people and only one of them got healed? What if you prayed for a thousand people and only, I would pray for a thousand more. Because for the one, I'll take that batting average every single time. Why? Because at least one. Are you with me? And so I think when we back off and we step back, we're doing a huge disservice to what God has called us to do, which is preach his word, get people's hope up, get people's faith up. Why? Because the scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is in relationship with hope. And so we got to encourage. It's a different kind of hope than what we might think, though. The definition of hope is this, to expect at any moment something amazing is going to happen. That's the kind of hope that God wants you to have today when it comes to your breakthrough or your miracle or whatever you're believing for. God wants your hopes up in the point right now that at any moment something amazing could happen. It's not the hope that maybe some of us have, which is kind of the, 
the Eeyore hope of like, well, I hope something good happens today. Maybe if God's in a good mood, he might give me a breakthrough. No, it's you have this expectation, this hope that God is about to do something amazing. I have hope and it's attached to my faith that when we gather together like this with like-minded believers and we pray and we believe that God is about to do something amazing. Can I get an amen? Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things. Everybody say all things. All things are possible. So what is your thing that you need a breakthrough for? What is the thing that you need a miracle about? What is the thing that you're believing through? Does it categorize? Does it fall under the category of all things? Big things, small things, scary things, uh, terminal things, all things qualify for God to do the miraculous. Not with man, but with God, all things are possible. So I'm encouraging you that God is saying all things are possible. He brought me to this story, which is one of those Old Testament stories that is, you know, kind of weird and full of all the big words and uh, lineages of people. And so you read through all these names. So uh, I'm not even going to have you turn there. I'm going to just read you the story and kind of paraphrase it for you. Uh, but what we see here is it's Jehoshaphat. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And you see that Jehoshaphat is, is in his village, he's in his town, however you want to say it. But then the word comes to him that a vast army, the scripture says, that a vast army is coming to wage war against him. It's all the ites. I won't read through them all, but all the ites, you know, come at him. And uh, the truth is about our lives, we still have ites coming after us. Past ites, negative ites, ungrateful ites, greed ites, selfish ites. Are you with me? We have all these ites, fear ites, worry ites. We have all these ites that still, these vast armies of ites come against us. And so you may say, oh, there's no vast army coming at me. Maybe you have a diagnosis ite that's coming at you that doesn't look good. It's coming to wage war and it's a vast army. And Jehoshaphat gives us an incredible plan in how to go forward. In verse three, it says this, when he got this news, he was alarmed, terrified, scared. However you want to say it, he was alarmed. But it said this, that he was resolved or he went determinately to inquire and seek the Lord. And he declared a fast for all of Judah. He was afraid. He was worried. He didn't like what he was seeing. But the scripture says his immediate reaction was to go seek God. He didn't find himself in a corner complaining, God, how could you allow this to happen to me? God, why me? God, why them? God, the... he said, no, even though I'm afraid, even though I don't understand how it's going to work, even though I don't know what's going on, I know that all things are possible with God. Therefore, I'm going to go seek him. Yeah. Are you with me today? Yeah. And so he sought after him and he declared a fast. The good news for you and for me is that we've declared a fast as a church. Many of us just went through a 21 day of prayer and fasting. Some people decided to make it a 40 day prayer and fasting. So you got people right here in this room that are still contending and believing for your miracle and your breakthrough. And so faith is high. Hope is high. And so he declares a fast. Then verse four says this. Then the people all came together to seek God. There was unity there. I believe there's unity in this room right now that when we believe for a miracle and when we worship and when we go after God, asking him to do the miraculous, I believe the same unity is here. Can I get an amen? And then I love this. It says in verse five, he stood up and began to declare who God was. Doesn't say he, good up, he stood up and began to declare his symptoms begin to declare what his next few days would look like and all the things that were going to come upon him and all the things that they were short on and all the things that they didn't have. Oh, it said a vast army. We can't measure up. They didn't start counting swords and cut. No, no. 
he stood up and he began to just declare who God was in his life. I'm telling you, if you want the enemy to defeat your, your vast army, your vast thing that's coming against you, be a person who knows how to declare who God is. He said things like this, God, you are the God of our ancestors, beginning to speak about how God's been faithful in the past. If God's been faithful in your past, how many know he'll do it again? He began to declare that, God, you are the God in heaven. You are the God who knows all, sees all, created all. He begins to declare that, God, you rule kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hand. How many know he still rules nations? He still rules over this world. And power is still in his hand today. Can I get an amen? So whatever you're believing for, whatever you need God to do in your life, that same God is ready to do it. He begins to declare that, God, you've delivered before. He begins to declare through the verses that, God, uh, you're a friend of Abraham. Basically, he's beginning to describe that, God, you're a friend of mine. You're a friend in my life, and therefore I know that it's your desire to take care of me. He begins to describe how, God, we are in this temple or this worship place that we've created for you, and you worship, we worship you here. I'm telling you the same thing applies in your life today. You are here in the temple that has God's name on it, and we're going to worship him in this place. So your faith should be building. So what he began to do was he began to praise, make sure his praise outweighed his petitions. The problem we make in prayer is we make all of our petitions outweigh our praise. God, I need, God, I need, God, I need, I need, I need. And prayer is okay. And God tells us to pray and offer up petitions. But we also got to get in a position where we speak his name and we declare how worthy he is. Are you with me? His praise outweighed their power. Verse 10, they make this incredible statement. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Many of you are believing for a miracle and a breakthrough. And the doctors have said there's no way and it's never going to change. And there's no way through this. And you are standing there looking at God saying the same thing. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. We have a room full of people. There are people here and people watching online who have diagnoses that are death. And we're standing here in faith saying, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Are you with me today? And we're believing for the breakthrough. Now, here's what I love about this. This is what you got to catch. The power in that statement is this. First Peter 5 says this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He didn't say, oh God, I know how to do it. And God, you should do it like this. And if you did this, this would be the way. No, no, no. He comes in a total humble way. And he says, God, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own. It's not by my might, not by my power, but it's going to be by your spirit, says the Lord, that you do. And so he's saying, I don't know how it's going to be, but my eyes are on you. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Literally the verse here, when we say God resists the proud, it means this. He opposes, frustrates, and defeats what's done in pride. So when we get in a position with God that's prideful, God, you need to do this and you need to do that. Or I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to believe. And we get prideful about how we're calling on God. God opposes, frustrates, and defeats what's done in pride. I wrote it down like this. But God helps the humble. The humble get the help. So we got to come to God saying, God, there's nothing I can do but my eyes are on you. I'm wholly trusting you. God, there's nothing that I can make happen in my own might, my own strength, my own background, my own history, but I am solely depending on you. You are my helper. Can I get an amen? amen. 
John 15 says, apart from, this is Jesus saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, we can do nothing. We need to wholly depend and trust in him. The scripture goes on to say this, a broken off branch withers. It dies up. So whenever we say, oh, I'm going to go about it my own way, and I'm not going to depend on God, and I'm not going to trust in his ways, I'm going to pridefully do it my own way, a broken off branch withers. We need to come back to the vine and trust and connect and believe in our God. Are you with me? Twelve verses it took Jehoshaphat to get himself in position for a miracle. It was just twelve verses. In verse 13, he says this, uh, all of Judea has gathered. It says wives, children, everybody's gathered. They're waiting to hear from God. We hate the waiting, don't we? Uh, one of my favorite preachers says, uh, we live in a microwave generation, but we serve a crockpot God. <laughs> like We want it just right now, but God is, he's into the waiting. And I wish he wasn't because I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I like to go and move. And whenever he make me stay in something and wait, my patience, I feel trapped. And ah. But God is the God of waiting. And there's power in the waiting. I want you to hear this. This is the waiting that was described. They were waiting upon the Lord. When we wait upon the Lord, this is what it looks like. The definition means we are waiting. And in our waiting, we're expecting, looking, and longing for. That's what waiting looks like. Waiting isn't like we wait in the world, like when you're waiting to just kill time, like you're just, you're waiting, you're just flipping through the channels, nothing on TV, you're going to the refrigerator, waiting, you're bored, you're just waiting, checking your watch, you keep, that's not the waiting it's talking about. It's talking about we have an expectation, we're looking, and we're longing for God to show up and move in our lives. Jess and I, we keep a very predictable schedule, it's just kind of how we organize things, and so pretty much every day. Uh, I come home at the same time, and so they'll, they'll finish up. We homeschool. They'll finish up school and some of their things, and so uh, my youngest daughter, Callie, who you guys all know uh, is our angel, and uh, she loves to wait at the window for me, and, uh, and so she loves to just be at the window waiting, and, and my dad told me that I can't make fun of her anymore in service. He said I was being too mean to her, but here's what she did yesterday. <laughs> one day. This happened in one day. I'm making breakfast. I'm putting everything together. All of a sudden, she starts screaming. And she had a Duplo toy that she tried to bite down on, and it was stuck in her upper teeth and lower teeth. Just like, ah, and there's just a Lego thing stuck in her. I looked at her, and I thought, that's probably good for the day. I'm going to leave that there. No, I'm just, she's like, ah. We're like, oh, my God. And we got to take it out. Like, oh, my gosh. And, like, and then we're telling each other, like, oh, our, our other two kids have never done anything like that. Like, what is she doing? This crazy little thing. Oh, but don't worry. There was an encore in the same day. So we got her this little princess necklace thing where she can put beads on it and make a little character and all this stuff. And so we're in the basement, and she's walking around with us. All of a sudden, she starts acting funny to Jess, and she's, like, messing with her nose. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, what's do you have a beat up your nose? <laughs> and she's like, oh. oh, my gosh. So my two oldest kids and my wife and me, we're all in the bathroom, and we put her up on the counter. Here's the worst part about it. First of all, we're all idiots, and they're cheering, like, blow it out, blow it <laughs> which is highly entertaining for a two-and-a-half-year-old. She's loving this. But then when she shoots it out, we're all, yeah! So what do you think she wants to do all the time now? <laughs> put those up her nose and shoot them out for a great ovation. But Callie, she waits in the window. Jess took a picture of it the other day when we were talking about this. She waits expectantly on her tippy toes for her dad to come home. And this is the picture that God wants us to get in waiting. She's expecting, looking, and longing for me to come home. 
And that's the waiting that God wants you to have in your waiting, no matter how long you're waiting. Be expecting, looking, and longing for God is going to bring the breakthrough. Can I get an amen? We say, well, what about the people that don't get healed? Pastor, you're talking about waiting and expecting and longing, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And all I can say to that is, I know. I know. I've buried some of my best friends. I've done the funerals for those people that I've prayed with and declared with and stood with and called every single day believing for breakthrough. And I stood over their caskets as I gave words for them. I don't know why it doesn't happen all the time, but I know I'm never going to stop trying. I know I'm never going to stop contending and believing because the scripture is too full of God's power to say that we should just let come what may. Are you with me today? So the waiting is powerful. It's good for us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting builds you up in the Lord. It says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In your waiting, you actually are growing. In your waiting, you're getting stronger so that you can finish the race, so that you can walk and not grow faint. Don't resist the waiting. Are you with me today? Wait expectantly with hope, believing that God is about to do something amazing, but don't resist the waiting. So many times in the waiting, we stop trusting God. We say, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. God's not working, so maybe I need to go this route. Maybe I need to go this route. No, you stay in your waiting, and God will renew you. Are you with me? Verse 15, I'm going to kind of wrap up the story here. I'll have the band come forward, and we're going to worship this powerful song, and then we're going to pray for healing. But go ahead, band. You can come on up. But let me paraphrase the end of this story for you. In verse 15, it says this. This is what the Lord, the prophet, comes to the whole family of Judah, and they say, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. It's the same thing for you today. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This battle for your breakthrough has already been won by the Lord. Verse 17, it says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. Scripture begins to tell us, starting in verse 18, that some bowed in worship, some stood in worship, uh, some praised with a loud voice, but they begin to just, again, declare and worship and speak of. It doesn't say they sharpened swords and got things put together. No, it said that they worshiped. Why? Because they believed that the battle was the Lord's. It says, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Verse 21, Scripture says that appointed men begin to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out to the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They walked right into the thing that was opposing them, just saying, we give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because his mercy endures for how long? Forever. Forever. He's good when? Forever. He's always good. He's always good to us, no matter what it looks like. So we're going to head into the thing that is holding us back. We're going to head into the face of the enemy, and we're going to just declare how good God is. We're going to sing a song here that says, God, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. We're doing the same thing. We're looking right at our enemy, and we're just going to declare how good God is. Scripture says in verse 22 that as they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemy. I believe right here in just a few moments, God's going to set an ambush against your enemy. God's going to set an ambush against that diagnosis. God's going to set an ambush against that hindrance in your life. Can I get an amen today? Do you believe that he can do it today? Verse 25 says, 
that they then collected the plunder and there was so much plunder it took three days to collect. Not only does God want to give you a breakthrough, he also wants to send you with plunder. Who wants to be a plunder person in here? That's our new hashtag of our church. Vertical church, the plunder people. I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. But God not only wants to give you a breakthrough and wants to defeat your enemies, but he also wants to build you up, renew your strength, give you the plunder. The enemy, the scripture says whenever the enemy comes to steal, uh, he actually has to repay. So God wants to restore. He is a restoring God. His name is this, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. It's who he is. It's what he does. So there is no, I wonder if God wants to heal. God heals. So we're going to worship here in just a minute. But as we're worshiping, I want you to think of that miracle that you need. If you say, oh, I'm in a good place, well, then think of the Children's Miracle Hospital. Think of anything that you can. We have a power called intercessory prayer. You can believe on somebody else's behalf. You may be on Facebook and say, oh, I'm not in the room. And No, right where you are. The scripture says uh, that there was times where handkerchiefs of people healed people, shadows of people healed people. So I believe right where you are, however you're experiencing God, God can do the miraculous. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Here it is. And by his wounds, we are healed. Think about this. There was a time in heaven where God made a plan, made a way. And in that plan was, I want to make sure I can heal my people put that in the package. I know we don't like that terminology, but the whole strategy of overcoming death, hell, and the grave included healing for you and healing for me and breakthrough for you. The whole thing is about God doing the impossible. So have faith today. Believe that literally the whole thing was put in position so that you could walk in and believe the miraculous. Won't you stand to your feet? We're going to worship this song, and I want you to be respectful of those around you. You know, I, I, some are going to be probably quietly worshiping in some other ways, but just know that people are believing for their breakthrough, and they're believing for, for a healing or whatever it may look like. Um, but we're going to worship and sing these words and proclaim these words. Then I'm going to come back up in the middle, and I'm going to lead us in a healing prayer, a miraculous prayer, just believing for the impossible. And then we'll actually finish the song after that, and I have a few more instructions for you. But, but just believe this. The scripture says that God knit us, informed us, and put us together in our mother's womb. Meaning he knew how to put you together at some point. How many of you believe that he still knows how to put you back together even now? And you're just in this place, not by accident. God has you here on purpose for a purpose. And so let's go after that breakthrough. Amen. Let's worship.
I'm going to read you a few things that the scripture says about healing. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. And I know you're in this place and you're watching online or however you may be. You're in a place that you're believing right now. And so these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Here it is. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I believe whether you're watching online, however you may be, wherever you may be, you can recover. Laying on of hands, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, but even without hand, laying on of hands, right now where you are, God will bring recovery to your situation. We believe these signs will follow all those who will believe. We believe you can recover. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. In this place right here, as you've come together in church to church leadership, the Lord's desire is to raise you up right now where you are. So again, just believe, tie into, have faith, get your hopes up that God at any moment is going to do something amazing. I do want to say this before I pray. Our prayer room is going to be open at the end of service. If you have a desire to do this second part of the scripture, which says if you want to be anointed with oil and you want people to lay their hands on you and pray for you, our prayer team is available to do that at the end of service. We'll dismiss you. You can go down there and receive that prayer. 
But I know many of you can't make that step or can't do that right now. I know we have many people watching online right now that said, hey, because of our condition, we can't be in a public place. I'm telling you, God can move even beyond laying on of hands and oil. We've seen it all throughout scripture. I've heard many a testimonies where God just shows up and does the miraculous. So don't think it has to be by one of those ways. Right now, where you are, God wants you to recover. The mission, the scripture says, all these signs will follow those who believe. God put us on a recovery mission. Church, that's what it's all about for us. We're here on earth on recovery mission. We're taking back what the enemy stole. We're a part of Operation Restoration. Are you with me today? And that's what's gonna happen right now as I pray. Because Hebrews 13, eight says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's ever healed one, then he's gonna heal again. If he's ever healed two, he's gonna heal again. Are you with me? So right now in this moment, build your faith. Listen, friends, I'm telling you, we got people in the building and people not in the building with great need, brain cancer, brain tumors, skin diseases, major, major issues that we need miracles for. And I'm telling you, you've gathered together. The scripture says, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints in the last day. Why? Because we got to come together and cheer each other on toward good works. Listen, good works is not just food banks and helping kids in school. Part of the good works is we got to come together and believe for the miraculous. We love clean drinking water and sex slavery being eradicated, but what about seeing the signs and wonders of people rising up and walking again? Brain tumors being dissolved. Are you with me today? That's what you're here to do, and that's what you're a part of. You say, you're freaking me out. I'm freaking myself out, friends. That's what it's about. Uh, there's a man of God in our life. You have all the names of God. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah, whatever. One is Jehovah Sneaky. He already pulled that. He snuck you into a place like this. And you're like, what did I get into? And that's actually not a real name of God, just so you know. But also Jehovah Freaky. He wants to come in and just kind of change things up on you. You got to think about Moses is walking in the desert and the burning bush blows up on him. And the scripture doesn't, he say, doesn't, he doesn't like a man of God say like, well, beholdeth bush that burneth. What would you say to me? He's like, what? Freaks out. So I'm just saying some of this supernatural sort of stuff that makes you like a little bit uncomfortable, don't let it disqualify you or set you aside from what God really wants to do. Is that hitting your heart today? I don't know. I just think when I get to heaven, I would much rather God be like, man, you kept your foot on the gas versus, hey, how come you didn't get after it? I empowered you with all things. Jesus leaving in John 14 says, I've given you everything, the Holy Spirit, everything that you need. Dunamis power is the meaning of the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna like coast. Bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. Or how about right here, right now, we can worship and believe the God of breakthrough is gonna do the miraculous. Can I get an amen? So think of what you need. Think of what somebody else needs. Think of what, just think of anything. Believe for a miracle right now. Whatever that miracle is, get that person's name. Get them their face on your mind, in your heart. We're going to the Lord and we're declaring, God, you're good. Your mercy endures forever, just like Jehoshaphat. And we're going to worship and we're going to see God because the battle is already won by the Lord. We're just stepping into what he has for us. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And we are so grateful that you've already fought the battle for us. God, we thank you that your word promises where two or three or more are gathered, you're in the middle of it. And God, we know that you being in the middle of it means that your kingdom is here. Your kingdom has come to earth. And God, the, your word says that where your kingdom is, there's power. 
And God, we believe that we have the victory. We have already overcome, Lord, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And our testimony is that you are good and that we believe in you and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and that all that rise up against us shall fall. And we believe that your word says that we can resist the devil and he has to flee from us. And so, God, we just speak to any situation that may be trying to bring harm to people and we say it will come to now in Jesus' name by the authority that's been given to us. We rebuke cancer. We rebuke arthritis. We rebuke any skin disease. We rebuke any tumors. We rebuke anything that may be hindering God's people and we say it'll come to now. God, I give you thanks in advance that our testimony will be that you've done the miraculous. God, I thank you that you're strengthening us in the time of waiting, that we can be people who are renewed and lifted up so that we can run and not grow weary. God, I thank you that you've given us the word in Ephesians that says, uh, as Paul said, it is our prayer that we see the unmeasurable power of God in our lives so that we can be a testimony to you in our world. God, we've seen enough demonstrations. We want to see your demonstrations in our city and in our lives, Lord, all for your glory. And so we just bind and we curse and we say, death will not come. We push back anything that may be bringing hindrance and harm. God, I pray that you put in perfect order everything that needs to be put in perfect order. God, I pray that blood lines up into the, the numbers that it needs to be in people's lives. The tissue gets into the position that it needs to be. God, you knit us and you formed us, you put us together. God, I pray that you do that restoration right now. And everybody who's believing that signs and wonders shall follow, God, you're lining it up. God, your word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and we are the church. We thank you for the victory in Jesus' name. We say, by your stripes, we are healed. Say it with me, church. By your stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. So be it. So be it. Let's worship. The God who was in me to come the power of the risen one the God who brings the dead to life you're the God of miracles the God of miracles sing it out the God who was and is to come
Just begin to reach out to him. Reach out to him. Believe in faith. Believe in faith that he will move. That he will move in this moment as we sing, as we worship. Lift your hands in faith to him. Lift your voice in worship. with God all things are possible you need to leave here going all things are possible all things God can heal the broken heart some of you've been carrying and justifying that broken heart for way too long that pain of the past that thing that person said you've built like a wall around your heart that's an all thing that God wants to heal your insecurity, your doubt about yourself. You're not feeling good enough. I can never live up. I'm not worthy enough. I would love to get to that place and trust God to this, but I'm not worthy. All things can be healed. So just go forward. With, with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible.